This is a Queensland Department of Education podcast, proudly sponsored by Teachers Mutual Bank, the bank founded by teachers for teachers. Happiness is something we all strive for, but sometimes it's not easy to obtain. Hi, I'm Virginia Bowditch from the Queensland Department of Education. Last year, to mark the 10th anniversary of the United Nations International Day of Happiness, I spoke to Lee Tanky from Agnes Water State School about the wellbeing programs at her school. This year, to recognise the day, Guidance Officer Louise Blanche from Mountain Creek State School joins me. Thanks for joining me, Louise. Thanks so much for having me, Virginia. Now, happiness is a difficult term to define. Everyone has their own notion of happiness. Can you tell us a little bit about what happiness means to you? Happiness, like any emotion, it is pretty hard to define. And I guess my reflection is that everyone perceives happiness a little bit differently. From my work in the area of positive psychology and well-being, I know that I tend to look at happiness differently than I used to. Lots of people might think of happiness in terms of the when rather than the now, that old classic example we all strive for, when I win the lotto. But research tells us that that type of happiness is quite short-lived. Lotto winners are, are no happier further down the track than they were before the big lotto win. So for me, I guess happiness is about generally feeling positive or content about my life overall. So happiness is about being content in my everyday life, experiencing joy and laughter with my loved ones, having a sense of purpose in my work, how I make a contribution to the lives of young people, but also it's about me as a person, particularly, I guess, finding and expressing gratitude for moments and experiences in the everyday. Positive emotions are kind of like Teflon. They tend to slide out of the happiness frying pan pretty quickly whereas those negative emotions are like Velcro and tend to stick around for quite a while. I think for me, I strive to work harder to focus on the positives and to find happiness in my everyday life. And I hope that's something that I share with the students that I support here at the school. That's a great way of defining and looking at happiness. Last year, I spoke to Lee Tanky about happiness and the wheel of wellbeing training implemented at her school. I understand your school also follows this program? Our school, Mountain Creek Primary, has been involved with the Wheel of Wellbeing for about eight years now. So over that time, there's been a a really significant shift in our school to focus on the importance of wellbeing and its strong links to academic achievements for our students. I believe our staff are more cognizant of their own wellbeing and ensuring they take the time to practice self-care. We've been really fortunate to have a number of trained Wheel of Wellbeing facilitators on staff here at school and we've run training sessions not only for our own school but a a number of schools across the North Coast region. So I guess that's kind of like the little ripple effect but it's resulted in significant uptake in the Wheel of Wellbeing across the region. 
I've been lucky to continue my work in this space and have become an advanced practitioner in the wheel of wellbeing. And that's allowed me to work with Lydia Nalecci, the Principal Advisor for Mental Health in the North Coast region. And we've gone on since 2021, I believe. We were chatting the other day and we've trained 34 practitioners across almost 20 schools, some regional staff members, and also supported teachers and team leaders in early childhood centres in the Metro and Sunshine Coast regions. And can you jog our memory a little bit as to what the Wheel of Wellbeing actually is? So the Wheel of Wellbeing, I guess, is a tool or a framework that was originally developed uh, in the UK. And as I mentioned, it came with that partnership program to Queensland and the Department of Education. But it really has some key elements or principles that we look for that promote wellbeing in individuals. Those things like body, keeping your body active and exercising, keeping your mind active by learning, spirit give, sharing kindness towards other people, place take notice, being aware of your surroundings and caring for our planet as well, caring for the environment. And by focusing on some of these things, these various elements, we can promote not only our own well-being, but the well-being of others around us. And is the program just for school staff or has the impact of the program been felt by the whole school community? Oh, look, I would have to say originally we probably started with a staff focus, but over time as the project's rolled out, there's certainly been an increased awareness of the importance of wellbeing for not only students and staff, but our families within our broader school communities. We've certainly seen an increase in the understanding of concepts like gratitude and mindfulness in our students and certainly the benefits of practising both. And I've, I've got a couple of lovely examples I'd love to share. One is we opened a a space at lunchtimes called the Zen Den where children could come and engage in wellbeing activities at lunchtimes. So one of the activities in place was a gratitude wall and the kids could write gratitude messages and place them on the walls. And to begin with, it was an interesting activity to do because lots of children wrote things like, I want Lego for my birthday or I like ice cream. There were lots of I want or all about me messages. But as we continue to talk about gratitude in the classrooms and the activities that we were doing, we saw over the course of one term, those messages changed to things like, I love the beautiful trees at our school because they're home to the birds. You know, I care about my friends because they're kind to me. And one that I was particularly proud of was the Zen Gen helps me to feel calm and ready for learning. So that was just one example there of, of some of the changes we saw in our kids. Another great example was when I was teaching some Year 6 students recently about gratitude through our partnership with the Resilience Project. And this student came up to me after the lesson and said, that was so good for me. I really needed to hear that message. And I obviously asked her why. And she said she had a great bike, which she rode in competitions, but was still constantly searching for a newer or a better bike online. And her mother had said to her, you know, you really need to be more grateful for what you have. And I said to the student, well, this would be a good opportunity to go home and have a further conversation with mum. And when I checked in with this student the next day, she shared that her mother was really pleased with the discussion they had. As the student had said, you know, she realised she was very grateful that she had a working bike that enabled her to participate in her activities. And it really wasn't about wanting more after all. So there's those small moments, those teachable moments that occur, but we're really seeing those changes in the thinking of our students, which is really exciting. I guess the beauty of the wheel of wellbeing 
is that it's a really simple tool or a framework that can support individuals and organisations to make small changes, but those small changes we know can significantly impact wellbeing over time, which is what we're starting to see here. Yeah, that's interesting. They're wonderful examples, aren't they? Absolutely. And, you know, there are more and more of those happening across the school. What are some of the other examples of how the wheel of wellbeing is used at your school? Oh, look, we have so many ways where the wheel is utilised, not only for our staff and our students, but our community. But I guess for us, our school motto is caring, sharing and learning together. And I think we truly live and breathe that motto at, at our school. We do know that learning and well-being are inextricably linked and having that strong focus on well-being activities is just as important as those academic learning outcomes for our students. I've seen a real shift. Our teachers are very invested in the areas of both staff and student well-being and they're placing a strong emphasis on both of those in their daily classroom practices. Some very simple activities that started in terms of staff wellbeing were having a shared book and puzzle library, which staff borrow from and contribute to. We have a staff member who also manages the Share the Dignity campaign, where we donate toiletry products and bags, which are then passed on to people in need. And that's an annual project which has grown throughout its time here at school. Staff also try to have a bit of fun in their school day. We do tend to have a special dress-up day from time to time with staff. The work that we've done in staff wellbeing, staff have realised the importance of wellbeing for themselves and therefore are doing more of those types of activities in their classrooms with our students as well. So brain and movement breaks, we see those happening lots in the classroom because we know that movement breaks can have such a positive ability on kids' ability to refocus and engage in learning tasks. We have a really strong interest in the environment with our younger students caring for the safety of our blue tongue lizards. And we're also developing a native fish pond to breed and grow native Australian fish here. So all of those little pockets around our school, those little projects, certainly add up to different spaces where the children can go to access and have those positive emotions and feelings and have those breaks when they need to as well. It's a really exciting part of our school and it's exciting to be a part of. What benefits have you felt personally from the program? One of the major benefits for me personally has been to truly understand what wellbeing is. And I I think I was like a lot of people and I guess linked happiness to life satisfaction. And I found I was kind of on what I call the happiness hamster wheel constantly chasing, you know, it might have been a new job or some new things, a new house, consumerism, I guess, at its finest. Um, Whereas now I see the importance of experiencing positive emotions, such as joy, gratitude and love, those positive relationships I have in my personal and professional life. Finding meaning in my work is really important to me and finding meaning in the personal experiences I have right now as they are, not what they could be in the future. So happiness is not something I have to chase. It's not when this happens, I will be happy. It's what's happening in my life right now. Happiness is not something we should chase. It's something we should embrace. We actually need to be finding those moments of joy, those moments that make us feel happy in our life right now. By doing that, we can flourish in our lives. It doesn't have to be this unattainable goal. We can be happy. 
What are the biggest changes you've seen at the school as a whole since the program was introduced? Look, I would have to say, Virginia, perhaps the biggest change I've seen is a cultural shift towards the importance of wellbeing practices being incorporated into classroom programs on a daily basis. Teaching, I've been in this game for a very long time, and it can be a really rewarding profession, as we all know, but it's not without its challenges. And and one of those challenges is enacting a very full curriculum in very busy classrooms. I know for me, when I was presenting information on wellbeing and its importance to staff at various schools, there may have been some pushback about the demands of time in very busy classrooms. You know, we don't have time for this. We don't have time to prioritise that. But I've seen not only here but in other schools, the communities are not just making time for wellbeing, but they're actively incorporating wellbeing principles and practices, you know, things such as gratitude, empathy and mindfulness into their everyday routines. It's not just an add-on, it's actually being embedded within our school culture. An example from our school, we're in our second year partnership with the Resilience Project, which builds upon our work in the wheel of wellbeing with our students. We are continuing to focus on that Wheel of Wellbeing initiative, but we found that the Resilience Project gave us three key areas of gratitude, empathy, mindfulness, plus a really strong emphasis on emotional literacy. And we found that by enacting those lessons, we're ensuring our staff and students not only participate in a range of activities, but we're actually embedding a common language across our school, which helps our young people develop that self-awareness of their emotions and feelings. And it also arranges strategies to support their mental health and wellbeing, which is so very important for our young people. Well, thank you, Louise. And happy International Day of Happiness, or should I say, happy International Day of Wellbeing. (laughs) Thank you so much, Virginia, for having me. I really appreciate it. Great. Thank you. You have been listening to a Queensland Department of Education podcast. The Department of Education acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands from across Queensland. We pay our respects to the elders past and present. They hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples.